Welcome to Frame Rate. Rewind. All right. Okay. Hold on. (laughs) Go watch some freaking movies. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hey there. Welcome to Frame Rate, guys, a film review podcast where myself and these two dudes sitting across from me, Dustin. Hi. And Josh. That's me. Give our no bullshit, very honest opinions about movies. So this week we watched a movie that Josh chose on the previous episode. Dustin, what did we watch this week? Yeah, we watched this 2020 movie. I guess it's technically 2019 because it premiered at TIFF then. Um, directed by the duo um, Benson and Moorhead. They did the Endless last, which was mm. a very interesting movie in itself. Um, but this one is synchronic. Mm-hmm. It is a time travel movie? Yeah. Yeah, technically. Yeah, for there sure. There is time in a, travel. In a drug movie. The best kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Below uh, meets tennis. It was a movie. <laughs> yeah. It was a movie. It was a film. Yeah, it's very- It aired. <laughs> People watched it, you know? I mean, it, it released in theaters in 2020. Nothing made money then. Oh, that's right. Yeah. True. But I'm going to throw it back to Tori, and she's got 90 seconds to tell you what this mm. movie is all about. So spoilers ahead, guys, if you don't want to know anything about Synchronic. There are spoilers, there are, yes. There are many, many spoilers. <laughs> so, Tori, 90 seconds, are you perish? Oh, oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> this is a challenge, but okay. I'm ready. You ready? I think. Breathing deep. Three, two, one, Go. Okay, so there's these two friends, Steve and Dennis, who are the worst paramedics in New Orleans potentially ever. So Dennis is a wet blanket of a human, and he's all, I had a kid super young and now I'm miserable, but I love my family so much. And it's like, sorry, not sorry, dude. And then Steve is this alcoholic ladies man, I guess. I don't really know because he's constantly talking about sleeping with a ton of women, but they only ever show one. So someone needs to look into that. So anyway, while they're working, they start going out to all these jobs where there's like a lady who's burned to death outside of an amusement park and another guy got stabbed by a pirate sword or something. It's this big mystery about how these cases are happening because none of the witnesses can coherently say what went down. So it turns out it's because of drugs you guys it's drugs drugs. Mm. so these victims were taking a pill called synchronic which makes them travel through time and depending on if a certain gland in your brain is fully developed you either travel back a little bit like a ghost or you get full on thrown into the past and you're stuck there unless you get back to the spot where you started within seven minutes sure why not so Dennis's emo daughter Brianna goes missing and Steve finds out it's because she took synchronic and didn't make it back and super lucky Steve finds out he has a tumor on that gland in your brain that makes him like super synchronic taker and again sure why not so he buys the last five synchronic pills in the world to go find Brianna so Steve gets sent back to a different point in history every time he takes it and on his second to last pill he goes to see Brianna at the Civil War mm. and he gives her the last pill to take to get back to the present and she pops it like a tic tac and she's like where's your pill and he's like I don't have one she's like oh no that's so sad it's like shady bitch so then Steve <laughs> can still make it back if he gets to the point that he traveled from but he doesn't make it in the seven minute window because some Civil War guy like points a gun at him so Brianna makes it back and it's like cool your parents were going to get divorced if you disappeared so good on you for coming back but then Steve is stuck in the Civil War forever and he has his tumor and that's it and that's the end that's the end yeah 127. Oh my god. Wow. Okay. Nice. Nice. Oh my god. Three seconds to spare. You could have got like eight more sentences in. Uh, <laughs> what would I have said? Brianna sucks. Steve <laughs> rules. Like, oh my god. I, I didn't hear a breath. So that was impressive. That was so difficult. I feel like I'm on synchronic. <laughs> That's what it feels like. All right. So let's get some initial thoughts. I'm going to throw it over to Tori. <laughs> I think she has a few things to say about this. So this movie wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) Can I just start with that? It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, Can we also just please stop doing time travel movies for like a quick minute (laughs) with you guys? I'm just going to put that out there. But 
And the first five minutes had me like super intrigued. It was trippy. It was kind of weird. You're like, you know, there was some cool visuals and stuff and I was waiting for it to like build into something and it just didn't get there. That's the, that's the main thing I took away from this movie is that it was just underdeveloped. <laughs> they could have done a lot and I just didn't feel like they were pushing it with the script, with like the traveling back in time stuff, where he was traveling to. I just didn't feel like it was truly like up to its full potential. And I appreciate that it was two, you know, kind of newer directors and I was happy for them and I want them to do their thing, but this is not how you're going to break into the industry. I'm sorry. When you have, when you have lines like, you know, do it in chemo, bitch, or whatever Jamie Dorian said to Anthony Dorian, Mackie. Dorian, don't Dornan. mess that up again. Sorry, I'm such a huge fan. <laughs> um, when he's like that, it's just, it's not going to get you there. And it basically reminded me of, I don't know if you guys remember this book series from the 90s, The Magic Treehouse. You guys remember that? No. Magic School Bus, you mean? No, it's the Magic Tree. I don't know why anybody doesn't remember this book series, but they had books. It was about these two little kids. They went in this tree house and they would travel to different places in time and have to do all these like cool, you know, investigative things. And they had the most sick ass titles, dude. It was like Sunset of the Sabretooth and Afternoon on the Amazon and Vacation <laughs> Under the Walk. Me and my sister used to love this stuff, but it just reminded me of that. Like they just went back for shits and gigs, these two little kids, like just toting that around. That seems like a much better like option to make the story than what actually was. Dude, like. they should make those books into a film and, and I would have enjoyed it a lot more, <laughs> I think, because they're way more developed. It's like they're grown up now and they take Synchronic to go back in time. Yeah, dude. And it's all grungy. And Little Susie with her pigtails and glasses just popping pills now. <laughs> yeah. Forget the treehouse. She's fucking dropping acid on the side. <laughs> That's how we went back to the beginning. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it wasn't horrible. It just was really just underdeveloped i wish it had a lot more to it mm. so. josh what do you think yeah um i don't know that i would say necessarily in my in my opinion i don't think it was uh underdeveloped i will say the first half of the film i um i was looking at my wife amanda and we were just like yeah i, I don't know if this was the best pick like this is <laughs> but it, it came around towards the end for me um you know it helped when it started answering some things helped when some of the abstract became a little bit more um understandable um, but yeah, I, um, general, general notes, it, it was the acting, honestly, the biggest thing that mm. struck me in this. Uh, I just, and I, I tried to boil it down to what it is and I feel like, I don't know, maybe it felt rushed. Uh, maybe they didn't get quite as many takes as they'd like. Maybe that, you know, maybe that's the working with top level actors on a indie movie. You know, there's, you've got a couple big wigs and, and trying to make all that work. You just don't get the time you need. Um, also like. Did it? Did they just never connect, Anthony Mackie and Jamie Dornan? That's what I felt like maybe was the the underlying current. Like, I, there was one scene that I thought was was good between the two of them, and and so many opportunities that there it could have been, but um, not to harp too much on the acting, but mm. I yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, wasn't my favorite time travel movie by any means, but it was interesting. Um, you know, I could have the time travel moments could have been a little less Jumanji-ish to me, like just <laughs> waiting for like the witchcraft scene or waiting yeah. for like the guy jumping out with the sword. Like, it why, was, why is everything trying to kill you in the past? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, why isn't it just like a peaceful field? Yeah. yeah I mean, and in the most haunting way, I just remember the one old guy coming out from the house. He wasn't making any noise. It's just his mouth was wide open. It was so disturbing to look at. I don't know if that was just me, but it made me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're trying to pull some horror on this. Um, but yeah, it was fine. I mean, I don't really know what else to say. It was, it was fine. Um, <laughs> it was a very intriguing premise that I think had a lot of promise. And yeah, I agree. I think the script needed a few more drafts to develop. And that would have helped 
everything. I think that would have helped with the dialogue and the acting. That would have helped with any questions that we have about how this thing actually is supposed to work. And so it's a bit messy and it suffers from that, but it's really not a bad movie. No, it's not. I think messy is actually kind of a good word for it. Watching it, first of all, it was very messy visually to me. Not like poorly made, but just it was so grimy and disgusting. Grungy. And like, like a, it was th- that's definitely their style. I mean, yeah, they like to light things in that kind of way. They like to have this weird, like gross looking light mm-hmm. um, shine on the actors. Like, it, it's it's definitely their style, and I noticed it as well. But I actually thought the cinematography was pretty great. Yeah, for the most part, especially for being an indie movie, like those shots where they'd pan up and then it would go into like the the stars the Milky Way or like you're it turns the city upside down um there's a really cool one take at the beginning whenever they're first going to their that um yeah the first patient or what was it yeah like the first call to yeah yeah and the whole thing is done in like a one take that was done really well I'm not really sure what the point of it being a one take was other than just to show off that they could do it I couldn't really find a point but it looked great it was pretty cool to see that one take but again it if it wasn't, I wouldn't have probably cared. It, it didn't add much for me. Yeah, it it, it added some to me because I thought that that was opposite of you, Josh. I thought that the first half was a lot better than the second half. Really? Me yeah. too. Yeah, I was, the the premise was a lot more intriguing than what they actually ended up answering. Hmm. And I thought that they're going to go a little bit of a different route with it, which I was interested in. But then once they actually revealed what was going on, it was not really working for me on like a sci-fi level yeah so let's start at the top then with that since some of us think the first half is better and some of us think the second <laughs> half is better so right off the bat you have that opening scene with the couple um they're taking synchronic they're in like a hotel room and all of a sudden you know shit starts to go down they're like flickering mm-hmm. and half here half somewhere else and I think that was pretty intriguing to start mm-hmm. I like the start of it it definitely caught your attention visually and with the story but for I don't sure. Know, what did you think? I mean, you you have like that the uh, native native person that just randomly shows up like halfway through the wall, yeah. and it's like, what is going on? And yeah. then the guy starts falling into the desert, and I think that was a really great way to set it all up, and that got me interested in the whole thing. It did leave me with a couple questions once everything was answered, though. Mm-hmm. Like, um, were they on the seventh floor? They said something about them being on the seventh floor, and it's like, oh, how does a snake get up seven floors? Why does so if she's on the seventh floor, why doesn't she fall to the ground when she goes back in time? And never, why does he, whenever he's in the elevator, fall to the ground? She never left her bed, right? No, I don't think she left her bed. So she but, was like one foot in. But and if so, he was in the elevator, he was in movement. But so it I didn't doesn't seem to matter because whenever Mackie's sitting on uh on the back porch in the chair, and then he falls out of the tree and has to go back up into the tree, it, mm. it the, the, talk about messy. Those are the kind of things that I see, and it throws me out. If you can't lock your premise down, no matter how ridiculous it can be, that's the kind of thing that I I see, and it really throws me out of a movie. Yeah, I get that. It felt very high school first draft written for my film class kind of a script to me, to be honest. I'm not going to disagree with you. Like the, The premise is there. The idea is there. And then he just needed two more semesters to get it in a good in a good spot. But yeah, the rules. I'm, I want to talk to you guys about the rules because right off the bat, they're showing you what Synchronic does. So you're like, OK, you travel through time somehow. And then they start getting into the rules a little bit. So, you know, the the guy who makes Synchronic comes into the picture and is like uh, big exposition scene. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. 
if I ever saw a character meant strictly for exposition, it was this poor guy. <laughs> My God. And they were trying to make a cool analogy with the record and like Honestly, this. It was, that was, it was original. That helped, it yeah. did help. It was it was fresh and that I like that. But so he starts talking about the rules and how if you what was it, the pineal gland? I yes, think in your brain. Pineal gland in your brain. If it's if it's developed and you're an adult, then you step into the past with one foot, like you're kind of like a ghost. And right. if it isn't developed, like when you're a kid, um, then you can get lost in the past. And Mackie's character just so happens to have an undeveloped pineal gland. How convenient. He has a tumor on his pineal <laughs> gland. There's a lot of There's a lot of convenience. Because yeah. I wouldn't have known he had a tumor if he didn't type it out in real big text I don't on really understand the point of it. Like, is... In order for it to be undeveloped, does he have to have this tumor, or is that just something added on top of it? I think they even said, didn't they, that it kind of protected the pineal gland in a sense, like it prevented it from ever calcifying. Right, because, I mean, he could go back, but still be able to come forward. And he was the one who found out that, you know, you can stay for seven minutes, and Mm. then you can come back, but you have to touch this. It just seemed like the rules of the game were very muddled. And it would be one thing if it wasn't explained or it wasn't like um attempted to be explained so much like mm-hmm. we literally have a whole 20 30 minute scene where mackie is doing the scientific method and <laughs> finding Log. out what works and yeah. what doesn't work and yeah. oh well if i move here let's let's do slight variations like you can tell that he is a scientific mind and it's kind of hinted out throughout the movie that he's a scientific mind and you really see it on showcase there but it doesn't really work because none of the the rules really work. The science doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so what's a couple examples? Because I feel like I got, I felt like most of it worked. So explain to me then, if you're younger and your pineal gland is not developed, mm-hmm. then you're a step. You can full on time travel. You full on time travel. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I was upset. So Brianna, this 18 year old, full on time travels. Because she's still young. Like 18. She's yeah. 18. Yeah. Right. Then you have the people in the beginning of the movie the young couple that we just talked about. Are they that? They don't look that young. They, I they look younger They're not 18. Me. They are pretty young. I'm not saying they're 18, but I'm saying like maybe 23. Maybe that's what the they girl. didn't define as like, what's the magic age? Like what, when do you, when Tell does your pineal, number. you know, yeah, yeah. Or is there just enough wiggle room in there that you're either old or you're not? And that's, well, what does it mean to like take a, a step into the past, but not go fully there? Like, can you still bring stuff back with you? I'm, right, I'm, I'm, people it's going to get affected because she got, bit by the snake so yeah yeah, right and the guy had the sword in the wall like you bring stuff back let's figure this out like i said earlier when the guy falls in the elevator but the girl doesn't even though she's on the seventh floor that didn't make a lot of sense to me but then if he didn't make it back up to his position how did he get back in tattered pieces was it because he was an adult and only kids have to go back to where they first entered the past, and then if you're an adult, do you just get sucked back no matter where you are? Well, so with with that one, yeah, for whatever reason, it seemed to me like maybe she was slightly older. Something something was altered with her pineal to where she didn't make the full cross over, mm-hmm. but she interacted. She had one foot in because, yeah, she would have fallen, right, if they were on the seventh floor, which... is You're saying that's what they said? Yes, because the snake out of there, like, how does a snake get on the seventh floor? So pretend the... the the guy is young enough to fully time travel. And I feel like they made a good case for that because there is that random abstract moment that again, you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on and he's falling in the middle of a desert slowly. He's, you know, do you remember that? Yeah. That scene. And so I'm like, okay, that's going to stick with me for a minute. And then coming back full circle to the elevator, I'm like, okay, so he felt somehow he fell in the elevator shaft. 
then later it's revealed, you know, the, then we understand more of what Synchronic is. And then, you know, with the whole placement and his captain's log thing, I saw more of that. Like he, when he came back, however he came back. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm asking. Like, how did he come he back did if he didn't? fall a significant amount of. And later on, Mackie has to literally climb a tree to get back to where he was. Yeah. And so that's where I'm like, okay, that's a little iffy. Tori and I were talking about that. You know, it, it was like the, when he climbed the tree, he was like almost there. Right. He had to, he mm-hmm. grabbed the chair that was right. like ghosting. So he had the. An anchor. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that part. Yeah, you're right. That part. How did he get back if he fell so far away? And so the only thing I could think of is if you're an adult, it doesn't matter where you are in the past. It'll just bring you back versus if your pineal gland isn't developed, you have to make it back to your anchor. Mm. But it doesn't make sense to me why Jamie Doran's character wouldn't go to the end to get his daughter it doesn't matter if he makes it back to that rock or not. <laughs> and so no matter which way I look at it, there's always yeah. some sort of something that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think you're right. I think, yeah, if you look at it that way, then I think the first part of the film wouldn't make sense because yeah. otherwise, yeah. Why, yeah. Why not explore the sending the dad in mm-hmm. a little bit more? I said this to you before where I was like, I feel like I was missing the point of the movie because to me, it was a movie about a guy popping pills to go save a little girl. And you were like, no, that's it. There's not much of a theme. And I was like, I thought, yeah, but it just, it seemed like there wanted to be or there should have been. It like, feels stretched. I don't know. Very, very stretched. It, it, if you it boil was very it down. plot focused. It seemed like they had a, very, a lot of good ideas of how things should look and how things should work. And it didn't get strung out correctly. Right. Like nothing got worked out the way it should have. And it would have been much more interesting to see how this affected the characters and their journeys versus like physically doing this strange time hop back and forth yeah and i think that was my exact thought is by the end if you're gonna go that route then what happened to the characters like it must have been for a purpose yeah and it didn't feel like anybody got anything out of it the only theme that i can find is (sighs) jamie doran and anthony mackie have this um this talk about like death and how bar no it's i think they're outside and and they're like you know um it's like 98 percent of people die in like a bed from various things from withering away in a bed and then we're the ones that see like the crazy stuff the two percent of people that die from just whatever craziness and then there's this whole thing about like the past and how it sucks that he literally says the past sucks and constantly going back it seems like they're trying to say you know the past isn't something you need to dwell on and it seems to be saying that the present is where you need to be spinning your attention like focus your attention on Oh, you're really pulling at straws there. <laughs> well, he even says that. Mackie says, oh, the present is what you need to uh, just, focus on. And I yeah. think it's, well, I mean, sense. with this all cancer yeah. and how uh, Jamie Doran's character is like, oh, well, I, I, I wish I could have um, been like you, a, a womanizer before I met the love of my life. The thing about I'm meeting the love of your life is that it doesn't happen again. And so he's concentrated on the past of what could have been, what he could have been doing before all this. Right. And it's it's people that Mackie might not have a future and Jamie Doran's stuck in the past and so mm-hmm. neither of them are really focusing too much on the present until towards the end and that's the only thing I could find it's not very well fleshed out and I had to <laughs> dig 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 deep for that <laughs> Honestly. I think that's pretty good though I think that's something anybody else find any got like theme for this or is there like a reason for this other than just plot no I mean you saying some of that it, it makes me wonder like would this have been just would this have been a really great short? Um, mm-hmm. Because I, yeah, well, probably it, it, it felt very stretched. Like a lot of, uh, I mean, dialogue was interesting, but it wasn't 
earth shattering. I don't feel like it was worth. It was trying to be like Hollywood dialogue has like a, nobody talks like that. Nobody knows exactly right. what to say all the time. And it all has like a great rhythm and flow. And then there's like a lot of indie movies go the more realistic route, like the Safety brothers where yeah. people talk like we do every day. Uh, and they had this weird thing where they're like trying to be Hollywood, but nothing really flowed correctly. Yeah. And I don't know. It just, it didn't work. It didn't sound like the way people would really talk either. So then you're in this weird mix of meh. That's a good point because I that's exactly what I was thinking. It felt very like high school play to me. Yeah. Like they were waiting for their line. Like they were never really connecting or being genuine with it. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't blame them. It It is kind of the script, but it just felt like very one liner. Like, mm-hmm. and here's my line. And there's my And it just. Especially Jamie Doran. I thought oh he. Oh my God, dude. He was just a kind of. I'm kind of like it's. <laughs> From a story perspective, it really sucks that halfway through, he's just kind of like cast to the side. But at the same time, yeah. I didn't really want to watch him anymore because I thought Mackie did a much better job than him with what he was given. For yeah, sure. with what he was given. But I couldn't even sympathize with either one because they weren't developed enough. An alcoholic ladies man, we've seen a thousand times. Stereotypes. He's going to die soon. Like now he's reflecting again. Like I'm just... They didn't develop them enough for me to really care. So when he like sacrificed himself in the end, um, Anthony Mackie. goes back to the Civil War. He's a black man. What a terrible lineup. I mean, he's going to, he has a brain tumor anyway. Would they say six weeks? Well, they don't know. They're like, it could be six weeks. It could be 60 years. Watch it miraculously heals. He's back in time and now he's got to live in the Civil War. Mm. Like, are you kidding? Did um, either of you guys see The Endless, their last movie? Mm Mm-mm. I did. I faded in and out, if I'm yeah. going to be honest. Um, I liked the premise. Again, like the yeah. premise sounded really great, but I didn't, I couldn't get into it. See, I really enjoyed that one a lot, especially mm-hmm. like, again, the first half before they start explaining everything. Mm-hmm. And the second half in The Endless, they started injecting all this weird, dark humor into it that didn't really fit. And it kind of threw mm-hmm. me out of the movie because it was such a switch in tone from the rest of it. And I do feel like there was some of that here as well. Where you think that it's supposed to be super serious and then Mackie will make like a, a joke. I didn't like the serious tone of mm-hmm. the whole film, so I'd rather it been a little more jokey throughout. I don't know, because again, I can't see it as a I can't comedy. I can't at all. But, or not even like, a comedy. Not even a comedy, but like it just the way that it takes itself so seriously on such a silly premise. It's I hard know. to do that. Yeah. It's really, really hard to do that. Yeah, but that's something I kind of wanted to ask you guys is how you felt about the tone of it because there were some really obvious joking moments, but it like you said, it's kind of trying to be horror sometimes, mm-hmm. but it was drama and like it was gory. Some parts were really yeah. gory and I just, I couldn't get a handle for what it was trying to be. So I didn't know if you guys noticed anything or. I, I mean, I guess I just look at it as they were trying to be realistic, but give a, you know, give a, a heat to it. Um, you know, like the elevator scene, like if he time traveled back, however that happened, he time traveled where the elevator wasn't and the elevator crushed him. You know, mm-hmm. that's that. So th- they conveyed that really well. Um, yeah, I didn't feel like any of it was necessarily unmotivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you guys agree or not agree? Yeah, I mean, some of the jokes Mackie was making, I was just like, oddly timed i didn't i didn't laugh or anything but yeah again i think that to me that just went back to chemistry i'd be curious to do to really dive into the script and see like is was there something that could have been better in that or was it was it a script issue or was it a performance issue it was a script issue i think it was a script issue there was no chemistry there i didn't believe they were best friends for a second yeah they definitely weren't like partners no absolutely not and that's what they were trying to push 
Like, I didn't oh, feel that partners. nearly as much as you guys. Like, I didn't really buy it that much, but I bought it, I think, more than you guys did. Oh, yeah, I didn't buy it at all. I was just, like, waiting for them to, to break up or something. Even when they had their argument, it felt just... That argument when they started fighting was so forced. Oh, my God, was, dude. Yeah. There's no reason that you should get you should be throwing punches right now. I feel like I was, like, back in high school watching some, like, tennis team players trying to brawl in the hallway or something. Like, it's just <laughs> a joke, and you just stand there and laugh. So what did you guys think, like, from the beginning on through their, like, seeing all these dead people or hurt people and they see all these synchronic rappers and they're starting to piece things together. Like, what did you guys think of that part of the movie? I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. You know, I, again, like I, I feel like this was the, this is the type of time travel movie to me that had to answer the questions. And I, for the most part it did, but it, like it was setting up the questions. It was setting up the, like, what, what is this abstract? What's this falling in the desert? And then he's at the end of the, you know, what's happening. Um, and I, but I, but I also do think, um, jumping around but i feel like the movie was predictable mm-hmm. to certain, amanda called a pretty key plot point i called a pretty which key one yeah what was it <laughs> i called the daughter was gonna go missing as soon as they said something about oh yeah young people they'll get lost in the past i was like no oh, that daughter's gone i think she yeah. called yeah she called that he was gonna go after her and then i think I, if we're jumping to the end i think i called that he's not coming back mm-hmm. um so if i could jump to the end just for a second I, i'm curious to hear what your guys's thoughts are um, I was not a fan uh, of how they ended it. I thought, you know, the guy's dying of cancer. Does he really need to end up like stuck in the trenches of war like that? Or mm. could she not have been on a tropical island where she just needed a little Man. bit of help to get back? You know, like and then he can stay in there and live out his final days. Like, why did he why did they do that to him? I mean, a lot of the places he went, like you said, were dark and harsh and horrible. So I guess hey, they the just past sucks. Give the I know. Guy a break. I guess they just stuck with it. Like, what's the most horrible? What's See, the he worst? He lost his place? dog. That, that should be the peak of the <laughs> I film. I can't even that talk about bullshit. it. I can't even talk about the dog. Please, <laughs> that's like my least favorite part. It's harsh and it doesn't really feel good. But that didn't bother me as much as this whole weird ghost thing that they did for both the dog and him at the end. It was silly. Yeah. Like, why need? Why do we need that? Why can't it just be like he's gone? You know, like right. you know it. Yeah. And what's sadder, like. I don't know. It, it just it was more poignant for me to just be like, nope, cut off versus yeah. I'm a little like force ghost and I'm halfway in between. I guess it's just that they, he didn't get, say goodbye because Jamie Dornan was mid-sentence when he looked over and the bottle dropped. He was gone. Yeah. Mm. So silly. That was, I, I, I agree. A, I think maybe they could have just made that last bit of dialogue a little bit more of a goodbye. Yeah. It's just a flicker though, right? Like he, it's just a little flicker and then he's gone. Yeah. It's not like he can flicker back every now and then and they'll like come back to that spot or something just like the dog i mean just he flickered for a minute his window and he's like crying oh my god i was like this is bullshit like <laughs> i was getting you're just so gonna, teary-eyed you're just gonna leave the dog like half like force ghosting it out the window just whining it's he like, barely is- showed any emotion too he was just like oh nope <laughs> nobody really shows a lot of emotion in this movie if if my dog was flickering outside, I don't have a dog, but if I had I a dog, ball I'd be bawling. One, I would not take my dog on a time travel trip. Pick a stuffed animal Honestly, or something. Why would you take your that's puppy? That's all you need to do. Yeah. Or like a rat. Let's go, if you want to do, try something living, try like a rat from the pet store. <laughs> this guy's who's going like full scientist and doing all these experiments, but he didn't think to take his like not precious dog yeah. with him. But oh, man. And now look what and he did. How fast everybody just accepts that this is a thing. Did you guys notice that? Like whenever Anthony Mackie first goes yeah. back and he's just like, Oh wow, that's cool. Okay, I'm in I'm in the swamp. Yeah. And then like 
he shows the video to Jamie Doran later and then he's just like, oh my God. Okay, yeah. now what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's another day in paradise, dude. Yeah. It, it was a little strange. I mean, I also think, so is there, you know, a component of hallucinogenic? Like, I don't know this, but I'm just saying, if you trip acid or something and you're kind of just spacey and you're not there mentally, mm-hmm. was he like that and just not there mentally so he's not really having a reaction or was he fully so aware? So, like, did it have drug effects or did right. it just put you back in time right you know that's a good question it kind of seemed like a lot of these druggies <laughs> that were taking it were spaced out i mean they could right, they were also in like crack houses yeah they also had hit, like track marks and right from other he's things. just a really good drug addict but yeah i did wonder that too like how it's just a thing where they're like oh you time travel like yeah i time travel yeah. it's just like but are, <laughs> are they conscious though like are they mentally completely coherent if people are popping it to time travel to these horrible fucking places, none of them are having good experiences. <laughs> I feel like this drug would not be as well received by people, but they all seem to be like, oh, yeah, let's try it. Let's try it. So you must get some sort of yeah. high from it. I don't know. Or maybe they're just all trying to escape reality in any way possible. and They don't care. All right, guys. So let's hop into our least favorite slash favorite scenes. And Dustin, I'll let you go first on this one. So my least favorite was the whole taking the dog to the past scene. It was ridiculous. There's so many (laughs) ways around this. And then just to see the dog as like a little ghost out the window. Ghost dog. It was stupid. It was so sad. Not only was it, it was trying to be sad, but it looked silly and ridiculous. And I was like, okay, but my favorite scene, I think it was the opening scene. I Mm. thought it was, a more interesting way to show how these people are tripping and seeing the past bleed into the present. Um, I think it was more like just seeing like, oh, ha- the wall has trees growing out of it. Here's a, a native like halfway in and halfway at the wall just staring at you. Uh, he's flying through the air, screaming in the, in the desert. It was really interesting compared to when Mackie was going back and everything's just dissolving. It's, it's different. Mm-hmm. And it, it got me hooked. What about you, Josh? So I'd say my favorite uh, parts of the film, also parts because there's <laughs> a couple things. There's not real one one big thing that really stands out. Um, I like the visuals of the theme park scene. I don't know why that just kind of stood out more than anything else. It was the <laughs> least <really> gray, <laughs> the least dark scene in the film. Um, I, I, I thought that was interesting. Um, decent art direction on that. Uh, and, and then ultimately probably the heaviest part of this of the film for me acting wise, I thought was right before he went back to get Brianna um, they're having that discussion and that was the conversation that I felt like was the most connected out of the entire film and it's like I'm glad they, they were there at least um, but that's what I was looking for the whole film is right. what when were they going to have that real connection I thought that was the closest thing to <laughs> to being good um, yeah I'd say my least favorite part of the film again I mentioned it earlier was just the uh, the end when he he left us and he's nowhere happy the poor guy's got it he's got it the whole film you know with cancer with uh, just so much happening to him and then um to kind of leave him in that in that battlefield and uh we see him fade away i I wish he could have had a little bit of a happier Mm -hmm. ending uh him specifically maybe i I would have sacrificed the family (laughs) it's pretty nihilistic it's pretty nihilistic that's for sure so actually my favorite and least favorite, oddly enough, are the same as Dustin's. So my least favorite scene was definitely the dog scene because it was just uncalled for. That poor little puppy. 
like whimpering on the front mm. porch. It just broke my freaking heart. And then so my, stupid. Why would he do that? Just get anything else. Like do, get a vegetable. Like, where's a stray cat? No. Uh, <laughs> that's how I got Bankman. He was a stray. Well, his mom was a stray. There was just so many other ways you could have done that, and it was just not there for me. So, um, and then my favorite scene was probably the opening scene because. I didn't know what else was going to happen in the rest of the movie. And I just thought it was cool visually and kind of drew me in. It was really haunting to look at some of it mm. and kind of, you know, cool sound effects and cool mixing there. But but then it just kind of took a dive for me. So that was definitely my favorite <laughs> scene was the opener. Um, and the time has come for us to go into our frame rates. So, again, we will go around the room. And Dustin, what was your frame rate for Synchronic? You know, it, it's it's as much as I feel like I've really hammered it on this on this podcast <laughs> it's really not a bad movie it's i didn't feel like i wasted my time watching it it was a cool idea just not executed very well and i think even not the best movies are great to watch to study um to feel like all right so if i were to make this how would i make it differently or are these directors that i should be watching and with that in mind i think it's a very interesting movie i think the ideas are there I'm going to give this six bad trips out of ten. Nice. <laughs> Just hopefully yeah. not up to the past. Nobody I mean, had a good or trip. Or six good trips. I mean, <laughs> but did any of them have a good trip? No. Honestly. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Tom. Tom's just giggling in the front seat of the ambulance. Like, what are you guys doing back there? We had a good time. Those poor people that thought they were just in their heads versus actually physically time traveling. Like, they were just thinking they're enjoying the, the ride. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they're getting their arms cut off. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I, uh, you know, I, I agree with you, Dustin. I thought, start to finish, not a waste of my time. Um, I thought it was, it was good. Uh, you know, time travel sci-fi always kind of sucks me in. Um, I, I, I agree. This is one that, uh, it's, it's, to me, it's just easier to talk about the bad of this film than the good. Cause there's not like a lot of really great standout par parts of it. It, it all just kind of, um, it, it works for the most part, stays kind of status quo. Nothing really jumps out at you. Right. Um, but so for that, I'm going to give it six and a half stolen ambulance pills from fucking Tom. Fucking Tom. <laughs> Tom's probably the most precious peach in this whole movie, <laughs> and we never even got to really meet him. Didn't he try to break up the fight or something? Terrible yeah. driver. No, yeah. I, I will yell at any terrible driver. I bet he has a beautiful wife, a lovely family. He just goes home, but he just messes around at work a little bit. You know, I bet he wouldn't take his dog into the past, that's for sure. I bet he wouldn't either. Yeah. Tom would never do such a thing. All right. <laughs> I, I'll start right off the bat with my rating. I'm going to give it... Four emo teenager side-eye glances out of 10. Ooh. I know I'm really low-balling here, but I mean, I think there were some good qualities. Like I said, I love that the directors are trying really hard to like ramp up, you know, their writing and they acted in the endless, I think. And now mm -hmm. they have some big stars in here. So I was like, that's awesome. Good for you guys. I just kept seeing things where I was like, oh, I wish it was doing this, but it's not. Oh, I wish they would do this with that character, but they're not. And I just, to steal a line from Anthony Mackie in this movie, it's kangaroo shit loony. Kangaroo shit loony. Are kangaroos loony? Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't get that. I'm that does describe crazy. this movie. I'm batshit crazy. It is, it's, it's such a good song. It's an interesting premise. It's a silly premise. And mm -hmm. it was handled 
messily. So I'm curious, Dustin, what's what's our next time travel film? Ooh, no, my God, please, no, please. <laughs> bring it, bring it. I am so sick of the time travel. And this is coming from someone who loves time travel movies. I know, Promising Young Woman had so much weird time travel in it. It was. You guys are so lucky on here <laughs> you know, that I picked you an know. Traveling back to... You guys loved it. It's, That's your favorite it's funny. movie. It's funny because um, okay, the scared. director that directed this film that I'm choosing mm-hmm. has directed um, two quasi-time travel movies. His last two were t- uh, time travel-ish, Groundhog Day type stuff. Um, oh, but I think I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I might know. I... Um, Wanted to get back a little bit from the indie, get back from the sci-fi. I wanted to go to a new genre that we haven't really covered before. So I was mm. thinking maybe horror. I was thinking maybe comedy. I figured why not combine mm. the both. Are we sticking I, new? I know what it is. It is a um, fairly new movie. Came out towards the end of last year. One of the few movies that came out last year in theaters. I got it. I'm so excited. Tori, I love these games. What is it, Tori? Is it freaky? It is freaky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I love guessing games. <laughs> We're going to see Vince Vaughn be oh a God, serial yes. killer and a teenage girl on one movie. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Nice. I'm so excited. Thank you for picking a good one. I hope a good one. I don't <laughs> know. So. I haven't seen it. You, you didn't enjoy Happy Death Day one or two, did you? Okay. I enjoyed Happy Death Day. I just, I didn't get like the big following it had. It was a fun time. Mm-hmm. And so was the second one. It was a totally fun time. So as soon as you said Groundhog's Day, I was like... <laughs> Did you see Happy Death Day? No. Uh, so you're oh, they're fun. We'll they're really fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm very excited. Freaky is our next movie that wraps up Synchronic. Ooh. And uh, we will see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Peace.